Hello everyone, welcome back to the show. We have the biggest one yet for you. We are joined by uh, the usual suspects. Chelsea Burns has joined us now full time. Um, we got fin finally were able to get her on payroll. So welcome aboard, Chelsea. Uh, she'll be able to keep us honest for all of our draft legal analysis after races and before races and whatnot. Um, today, we're graced with the, the presence of Kat and Mark Matthews joining us in our household. Hey, how you guys doing? Hiya. Hiya. Kat, congrats, amazing. Thanks so much, yeah, I'm really, really happy, but uh, it's not about me this show, hopefully. <laughs> I was waiting on, for Kat to tell me how much of a fool I was for not putting her on the podium, but I talked with Mark about it and he said that everything's fine. <laughs> no hard feelings. No hard feelings, no hard feelings. Awesome. Well, let's get into Ironman Tulsa. If you missed out on a great race, uh, we got your recap. Mark, you want to tell us about it? Yeah, I mean, we're stuck. Good day out, hey? So the weather was much better than people were expecting. It was pretty mild, um, and the results were basically as I predicted, which is why <laughs> Carl now owes me a lot of Jaeger bombs. That's right. Uh, yeah, so in the men's field, you had uh, Wynn and Patrick Lang, then you had Jan van Berkel, and followed up by Daniel Barkegaard. And then in the women's race, you had uh, Daniela Reif, sort of predictably, followed up by Kat, sat here with us now. And then uh, Sky Monch came in third. And that's how the day finished off. And it was, do you feel the weather out today? Oh, yeah. That's how the weather always is in Oklahoma. And it basically pissed rain the entire day. Which Kyle and I were pretty shocked about because I, I just, I mean, of course, the race is done and over now, but you wonder how much, how different the race would be. I mean, on the men's side, I, I think all uh, that yeah. would happen is Patrick would have just won by further, probably, if it was hot. That's yeah. his kind of bread and butter. So the fact he won, even though it was pretty mild, was, was kind of impressive. There were a few crashes caused by the rain. Uh, Anthony Costas took a tumble, which came back to bite him late in the race. Uh, he ran a 1.30 first half of the marathon and then he ran a 4 hour 10 second half of the marathon as he walked it home My. if you remember he got some grief from St George for dropping out yeah and uh, he wasn't willing to do that so he walked a 4 hour 10 minute half marathon to get home which is respectable it is but it does should it have to come to that like just because people gave him some stick I don't know sheesh and Joe Skipper crashed as well actually didn't he yeah yeah I think the weather suited the British females, though. Four of us in the top ten, two of the case yeah. slots. Oh, yeah. We basically had rain and then a really nice mild run. So. Where, where did Kim Morrison end up on the day? Seventh or eighth? Seventh or she eighth. was uh, like second or third off the bike, wasn't she? And yeah. then had a, had a bit of poor second half of the marathon for her. She was hoping for a bit more. She actually had a real problem with her tri-bars. So the whole front oh my of God. her TT bars came completely loose as so she rode the last... 30, 30 miles or something without um, in the aero position so she was on the drops holding as aero as she possibly could and she attributes that to her slightly then fatigued body obviously for the run so, so literally her so TT bars and pads were hanging off and wow. she rather than stop she was even still pulling turns on the group she was with with the bars just bouncing around in front of her face yeah <laughs> well, amazing to, to dive into the race, I think a lot of people, uh, uh, well, I guess I say a lot of people, probably the more U.S. side thought Sam was going to be giving the podium run for the money, but it's kind of like what we had talked about after the race. When you swim five minutes down in, in a field like this, your race is completely over. So Sam had a 
a big dif- deficit on the swim that basically he came out of the water. Him, Kenneth, and Joe Skipper went to work on the bike uh, and eventually caught a massive group where at one point, I think at the halfway point on the bike, uh, when the group was rolling up, there was five penalties given out. So that group was uh, pretty chaotic. But once Sam and them got to the front, it, it from talking to Sam, from talking to Joe and all them, it seems like that none of them could get their uh, crap together. They weren't organized and they were... They would pull hard in the front and they'd sit up and then they'd sit up for like one or two minutes because no one else wanted to come through and they all would just sit there and look at each other while the front of the race, Daniel Backegaard, Florian Arngard, Patrick, they were completely dialed and organized and they were working hard all day long. So while you had guys that were probably taking bigger and harder pulls and moving faster, once they said or acted like their pool was finished, they'd sit up and they'd lose all their time. So I'm completely not surprised by that because, and this is controversial, but if you're Joe Skipper, who's a good friend, Sam Long, etc., and you spend weeks before the race telling everyone how you're going to destroy them, how you're way stronger, how you'll outrun everyone, you make enemies within that peloton. And why on earth would they pull a turn for you? Mm-hmm. Like if you're Sam and you've told everyone you're going to win and you're Joe, oh, I'm going to run sub 740 easy. If you're in that pack and you know you're a 745 runner, why are you going to help Joe? So I think that backfired on them a little bit. You know, it's good for their social media and it's good for their paycheck from their sponsors. But if you want some support in the race, you need to have friends. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that probably came back to bite them a little bit. Which is why Jan Van Berkel was able to go and get that second place and, slot. And get the second place slot. Because yeah. he, he sat in for 108 games. I thought you were going to say because he, he has, has a lot of friends. absolute right to uh, yeah, because <laughs> he has a lot of friends. No, it, and it's interesting too because I think Florian, I think did a majority of the work the yeah. first two hours. I, I think we yeah, can all credit that Florian went to the front, and and I would assume he's trying to drop Patrick at, at the start. He's kind of like I'm gonna, I got to get this guy off my wheel. He can outrun me, probably nine times out of ten. I got to get rid of him and send him back to that other group. And I think that after two hours of him at the front, he turned around and was like, "Well, I'm not dropping Patrick." So. Patrick comes through, starts taking pulls, pulling really, really hard at the front as well. Yeah. So I think by that point, the, it was just hard for Skipper and Sam Long's group to make up time. And then and I, it act, the deficit actually came down to, on my own personal watch, I got a 315 about at around mile like 90-ish. And then I went ahead and went into transition thinking they would close more and then when they rolled into transition, it ended up being like 4.10. So they actually lost a minute and yeah. the end of cl- closing 10 miles because they couldn't get organized. Yeah, and that last 10 miles was quite narrow with a couple of hills, etc. So a small group actually has much more chance to roll through quickly. Mm-hmm. So they kind of missed, they'd missed the chance to get across. And that's when Joe went down, I would believe. Yeah. yeah. He, Joe, Joe crashed at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, he right had a little slide out. Yeah. yeah. So, and then Patrick went on and just annihilated the field, proved that he is extremely well-rounded athletes, especially hats off to him with it, losing his mother last year, uh, which would be just devastating. Um, so, And then also congrats to him uh, on his new coach. This is their first Ironman performance, I think, yeah. since Kona uh, when, he, when he ended up leaving his old coach. So, And that coach is also Kat's coach. Yeah. So yeah, Bjorn exactly. coaches Kat and Patrick. He's a, he's a young guy. Which I do, I do have a hot take on the coaches. So 
Uh, and then uh, Jan Van Berkel sat in that group all day like a tactician and outran everyone in that group. Uh, so it's kind of like he he at the end of the day he outsmarted everyone. So yeah, I think it's really important to that you picked up on before we leave the men's is it is attributing the loss to something outside of your control versus attributing it to something that was your fault. So a lot of the athletes finished the race and they came away and they said. I lost because no one else in that group was willing to pull a turn. And mm-hmm. that was the reaction from a couple of the big names. They said, you know, I lost because no one else would pull a turn. Whereas actually, like you said, they lost because they can't swim. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't give away five or six minutes in a swim anymore. Not anymore. Because no. the likes of Daniel Bakagar, Florian Anger and Patrick Langer are really well-rounded. Mm-hmm. They're not just swim runners. So that was really interesting in the men's, yeah. And, then, and also, too, it, in these championship fields, you need to just realize that the style of racing is different than when you're a solo Ironman. Um, you're going to have to be a tactician. You're going to have to race like that. So, yeah. yeah. I, I, the biggest thing for me, too, and this is going to the women's race as well, is when there's these, we'll call them massive, like championship-style races that are, you don't know, have way better fields than we've ever seen before, like we have at every race that's happened so far this year, um, athletes have to really go to the well. And I think... You know, you saw athletes that went deep in St. George and just frankly weren't recovered by the time Tulsa came around. And I think that's something that you have to really gauge your efforts. And again, when you're in this big of a field, like you you have to race the race and you can't. It's hard to just do your own thing when there's a bike pack of 15 guys. You may you may have to overexert yourself at a certain time because that is that will be easier in the long run. So the the over I'm seeing the overall tactics of these races really really change um, because the depth of field is is greater than we've ever seen outside of se- like your standard seventy point three in Kona and they kind of begin to reflect the ITU races yeah for sure in the like Chelsea's experience you've got to make that front pack on the bike and if you don't make that front pack on the bike your your day is almost always over and it's kind of turned into the same for the Ironman now because so and so everyone's so fast. That to go a little bit faster than that front group that's riding 45k an hour, 50k an hour on the flat, the, the, the power you need to overcome that speed difference is just fast. And the faster you go, the greater that percentage power is. So you're just not getting across those gaps if you're not out that front swim group. Let's talk about the women's Except race. Let's talk about the women's race because obviously there was... Well, let, let, me, let, me, let me dive into two more things real quick because I think that a lot of people are probably can, not confused on Sam, but I, personally I think that Sam might have been a little overcooked uh, for this race, just looking at the way he performed, he was solid on the day. Um, not, I mean, not actually not solid at all. He had, he, he had a normal swim. I, I would I would put him. That's where his swim is at currently. I mean, at the end of the day, that's just where it's at. Yeah, it was his PB swim. Yeah, so I mean, I'm not like really surprised too much by that. His his bike was a pretty solid bike, but I think that when you put all those miles on concrete on asphalt going into an Ironman, I think it just fatigues your legs from watching other athletes do it. Uh, I mean, I'm no professional coach. I probably couldn't speak too much he, on that, but he did yeah. some let's, massive runs. Let's talk. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about Sam for a second. I think to, let's remember. You know, it's obviously it's super easy to bag on him and, and critique him. He's 25 years old. I would say he exceeded expectations in Galveston. He certainly exceeded expectations in St. George. And you know what? He did not meet expectations in Tulsa, but. 
the kid's going to do Tulsa 10 more times or whatever the race is going to be. Uh, I'm, I have a feeling that what he learned from doing Tulsa will prove to be incredibly valuable later in his career. And it could be, it could be as soon, it could be as soon as this year's Kona. So, um, obviously everyone's highly emotional. They've all got an opinion of Sam, but I think you could look at, he's going to be, hopefully have a, you know, he had an LSD experience in Tulsa, look, search, discover. And now he knows if he goes too deep in an, a 70.3, three weeks before an Ironman, he is going to pay for it at an Ironman. Yeah, I, I, you're, you're completely right. And I, actually his initial Instagram posts, etc., really irked me because it was excuses. But then his subsequent ones since then have alluded to exactly what you said, you know, lessons he learned. And it seems like he's learning the right things. Mm-hmm. You know, people talked about this massive 22-mile run he did like 10 days before the race or two weeks before. And, you know, Patrick's longest run all year was like an hour and 45. I mean, we don't... So you learn these lessons. Yeah, of course. Yeah, maybe he doesn't need to do the 22-mile run. I, I mean, yeah, of course. It's just like... Um, if, if you've got to grade Sam's um, year so far... I still, it's it's really tough not to give him an A. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, should we do the women quickly before yeah. we move on? Let's let's move into the woman. Yeah, please. Great recent day. You want to give a recap? Yeah. So Pamela Oliveira led the swim out as you would expect, um, but what I wasn't expecting to happen was her to try and hang with Daniela Reif, who came up with her pretty quickly. So Daniela mm-hmm. covered that gap, and Pamela Oliveira held her for forty-five minutes. Forty-five an hour. minutes. Yeah. Which I think was a questionable decision in hindsight, because that was basically the last time we saw Pamela, um, and she's a better athlete than her result reflected at the end. So I, I think she learned the lesson: don't hang with Daniela for too long. Daniela did her usual thing, you know. She ran pretty, she rode pretty steadily for the first half, and Cat lost about a minute to her. Looking at it, so the second group only lost a couple of minutes to her in the first half, and then she put another ten minutes down. Uh, in the second half of the race which Good is God. pretty much mind-blowing um, some of the men were getting caught you know Cody Beals got caught on a bike along with a few others by Daniela Reif it's crazy um, after her though came out Meredith Kessler um, Kim Morrison uh, Sarah Crowley and Sky Monch came out as a group and they rode as four together for a while mm-hmm. they split and Sky Monch and Kim went up a row together Kat had she sat here looking at me but a pretty average swim average to poor swim who was she was three minutes down on those two so in the first 90k she rode a three minute gap across to Sky and Kim uh, putting her at the head of the race with Sky and Kim obviously trailing Daniela Reif um, Kat then got herself a drafting penalty uh, on the back of that group rolling into an aid station up in an upper hill I threw my teddies out the pram on social media but she actually just took it on the chin and carried on um, so she had to take that penalty entering T2 and uh, the other girls ran up the road Danielle as well cemented a 12-14 minute lead at this point and uh, Sky was in second uh, over the next 28k Kat caught Sky for 5 minutes and ran past her so the podium finished with Danielle Rife uh, 5 minutes back to Kat and then Sky Monch and then Heather Jackson who ran her first sub 3 hour in all these years she's never run a sub 3 hours which is you know, amazing. So she finally got it done and she had a really good day out. So she took fourth place. And one thing I want to point out is I have watched Daniela race a whole lot and I have never seen Daniela look like that at a finish line. She was gone. She crossed that finish line and everyone expected to like interview her, her normal energetic self, and she was like 
out of the world. I mean, she sat down and she was like, I need water, I need water, and was completely about to pass out. And the athlete that got a drafting penalty five minutes down was uh, 501 behind Daniela. So I got to give Kat a little bit of grief, but it would have been a very, very, very interesting race without that drafting penalty because I think Daniela would have been pushed, put under a lot of pressure. And I think that la- that closing six miles with Kat barking down her neck quick. I think it could have been a different result. So yeah, she would have won. It's bullshit. I mean, I'm, I'm, I agree. I'm, I, I it, it, agree. Th- here's the thing. I didn't know. Thanks for clarifying when this when this drafting penalty happened. Um, there's got to be some buffer zones around these feed zones and stuff. I mean, this is this is part of the problem with the ten with the ten meter draft rule too. Is that it's it becomes. It's it is when you look at them riding down the road, it's really close, and it's they all they all are drafting essentially. You know, I mean, it's it's really tough, and I don't I I think that's there there needs to be these neutral zones around feeding or something. I mean, this is stupid, and the, the reason why the biggest reason is grabbing bottles when you're traveling at you know forty fifty k an hour is really dangerous, and these shouldn't be. These should be neutral areas that should have zero bearing on the race. And to to call out a drafting penalty in that period when it's like it's not complicated to figure out that you're not looking for an advantage through there. You're purely looking for some beverages to keep you, uh, you know, sustained for this 180K effort. I'm, I'm just like, it cracks me. Um no question in my mind that Cat would have won. Uh, obviously, so I disagree. Okay, all so right. um, <laughs> and I only I only do because you have to give credit to Daniela being one of the greatest champions ever. So don't forget, Cat had a five minute rest before running that marathon, so she might have run a minute slower. So then Daniela's got a minute buffer to play with on paper, mm-hmm. and then no matter how tired she looked, she was still five minutes ahead. And it's very, very hard to dig your last reserves out. And of course, Kat might have been able to run faster. But you can't look back at a penalty that Kat was within that 10 meter zone when she got the penalty. Um, so she should have been given a penalty by the rules as they stand today. Because the, the, the referees don't have context. And making a decision without context is, is normally always a useless decision. They, they, the referees need to understand when someone's gaining an advantage and when they're not. And that's the problem here. But I, I don't think we should sit here and question whether the penalty cost Daniela a win because th- there was a penalty sure. and Daniela yeah, earned that right. F- fair enough. I'm just telling you that, like, you know, the best officials that I remember from bike racing were the ones that could digest and understand those decisions that happen on the road and go, this is a time to hand out, you know, a verbal warning or just let it side or look the other way. It's like it, stuff happens Agreed. on the road that is very tough to predict and you have to be able to view the race, judge those decisions and move on. So yeah, it's probably wrong for me to say it's a no brainer cat would have won, but clearly like we just look at the deficits, do the math, look at videos of them with no sound running on. I mean, come on. So I, I watched, yeah. I watched the whole race with no, um, with the volume off. And, uh, it, it was, um, you know, there, there were two, <laughs> there were, there were two, there were, you know, whatever it is what it is. So, yeah, I mean, Kat ran ex- yeah, extremely yeah. It was, well. It was a she great race. a completely race. even uh, split. Yeah, and um, I obviously, I never, so, want to, yeah. I never want to say anything but, uh, 
bad about Danielle. It was just like, you know, it, that was a that was a day she was vulnerable. So we don't see that. Very the only often. thing we'll say to Daniela is that it showed that she's beatable. Mm-hmm. She's not she's not superhuman. That's what I was about to say. And when you do the maths, it, it all it means, hopefully for triathlon, is we might get some really exciting women's races in the future where Daniela can have the race taken to her. And that's I think that's what and, it showed. And I've I've always said that I would say women's racing is five to ten years behind the male racing scene like the way that the pack dynamic works and all that and i think that this last weekend was the first time we saw outside of kona that the female racing is starting to evolve you get athletes like cap these new athletes that are coming in now anna's in and and they are starting to evolve and change the sport to where it is a highly highly competitive not saying that it wasn't competitive in the past but there's a bunch of girls woman female that are competitive now they could all go for a win at any given race and i think that that was shown this was the first time in a long time that patrick won by more than daniela won by wow how often does that happen yeah yeah wow so yeah i think you're right yeah so it was all all around incredible weekend and uh super excited for what's to come we'll we'll see uh and then also just want to give a special shout out to if everyone was to pick who would get the kona slots to the godfather of triathlon, Andy Potts claimed himself a Kona so, slot. I'm so glad you mentioned Andy Potts. <laughs> I look today, he's got half the social media followers of Sam Long. He's done 50 Ironman and he's won about 10. <laughs> and he's still going. So, congratulations to Andy if you, Potts. If you would have held my, held my face to the fire and been, said pick top American, Andy Potts would have been so far down the list. That, <laughs> so, yeah, hats, hats off today and... and We'll see the the how many people go from here to chase more slots at quarter lane. So, all right, well, yeah, we got, yeah, we, definitely. We, we got to start. We got a ton of more stuff to cover. And uh, Tulsa was a fantastic weekend. Mark, you nailed it. But let's uh, let's let's get into the ITU stuff. Well, so having the first hot topic of it, we have a long course athlete on the start list at Leeds. Which is a very surprising. Did you see that? Lucy Charles. Lucy Charles on the start list. Chelsea, what are your initial thoughts? Let's just hear you. Well, Chelsea, thoughts. Chelsea's the one that broke. She broke the news to us this morning, texting us at 9 a.m. saying, OMG, OMG. Well, okay. <laughs> Lucy's on the start list. Our worlds are colliding. That, I was finding it something that we could relate on. But to be fair, I had two people tell me that at 8.50 a.m. So I felt like you guys were the first people I needed to tell. Seemed exciting. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it'll definitely, I think, be cool that it will bring more uh, just awareness to that race. Pat and I were just chatting a bit before this. I think that it will be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how she is able to hang on the bike. I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park for her, just with the course, the people there, the all the little nuances of ITU racing. It's it's a lot, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, Ch- I mean, Ch- Chelsea, you gave me this heads up that they've got to go up the transition hill nine times. Um from what I remember, being at transition out at that venue, uh, that hill is no joke. Um, that will absolutely play a factor in the race, and I don't think that the run is going to be flat either. Like that's a hilly park out there. Yeah, I need to brush up on what the course actually is, but I have been told it's up that hill nine times just because they can't go into the city. It's usually a transit into the city, um, but it'll definitely still be technical. It'll be hard, and with the ITU girl she's got riding there I think it's gonna be a uh, 
a good first experience in an IT race. Yeah, I mean, we'd love, I'd love to know, you know, what the motivation was. Is it purely just because it's in the UK or, you know, is there 2024? She's, she's said for a long time that she thinks she could qualify for the Olympics in for the British well, team. If she yeah, there's not an opportunity for her to do that. There are nine GB women on this start list. So, I mean, I mean, maybe it's just a fun opportunity to see what she can do in an IT race especially since it's easy to get and to. The same reason she did the That's Super League. Sure. Try her hand out, it might as well. I right? think it'll be fun to see for everyone how she does fair. I mean, everyone thinks that she's going to lead out of the water, but, I mean, her against Jess, I don't know who I would pick. So it'll be kind of cool to see them, I guess, next to each other after yeah, it'll all be, this. You know, Chelsea, you can speak to it. I mean, obviously she's going to have a... She's going to get called up, you know, 55th or 57th, so she's going to get potentially beat up in the water i think it's not super far to the first can if i remember correctly from Leeds. so um i i think she'll come out of the water first yeah and then it's, it's also 13 degrees in that water right now so it's definitely wetsuit so i that probably hurts her a bit um i think a non-wetsuit swim would let her swim away a bit more but yeah it'll i mean she's not gonna have a top-notch starting spot for sure so she has some yeah, get out and the speed. tricky yeah, and the tricky one will also be um, transitions are really imperative at that race. You have to be dialed because you're hopping on your pedals. It's into a massive uphill. So it's like make sure you're not – you see way too many people that leave transition in their big ring and then they try and big dog up the hill. It's like this is a – your bike is racked. It's in the little chain ring. It's probably only in like the 19 in the back because you're going straight into that hill. And you've got to be ready for it. And you don't want to slip a pedal yeah, going up. You there. could. That's just yeah. Let's hope her dismount's better than my own. You could make a. Well, you, I can't. The, the dismount thing is tough with the tri bikes, oh. right? Because you've got like big goofy bottles out I'm the joking. back. I'm I mean, you know, it's just. Like, I do. I do, I do have a question for Chelsea. So Chelsea, you are. Let's say so. Flora's racing, and I know this is very hard to predict what could happen in IT race. But let's say that Flora, Taylor Nib. And there's a small group that gets off the front from a good swim. Do you see them letting them go as easy as Taylor did last week or last race? Them, them if, being if, if Lucy was with them. So as well. Lucy's with Nib and Duffy and Jess. Do I see the group behind them letting that group go? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. I don't see them being able to do anything but let them go. <laughs> I don't see any yeah. horsepower. I mean. A little bit, but nowhere near the horsepower that would be needed to catch a group like that. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, not with Jess. No, not with, not with Jess and Flora because it neutralizes all those Brits. No, it'll be it'll be good yeah. to watch. But what I was just going to add, Pat was talking about that trans- that transition. I think if you watch the Leeds Mount line, it could be a really good YouTube bloopers reel. It's like a lot of falls. <laughs> it's very hard to mount on an uphill. <laughs> That's where Vicky Holland fell foul, isn't it? A couple of years ago, bless her. And it was all over the BBC and she doesn't live that clip down. And she's done about 100 well, transitions. She, messed she it up wasn't once alone and doing that. It's, it it's a hard place to mount. Oh, good. It, it, I mean, obviously, it's, it's great for the sport ITU that she's going to do it. Um, it, she, it it's going to be interesting to watch, yeah. I just think if, if uh, you know, the likes of the strong bikers are in great shape, it's going to be... I, I don't know. Is there, pretty, is there a, a world that she goes top 10? Where she goes to what? Top 10. Is there a world that she goes top yeah. 10? Yeah, there's a world. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think Chelsea. so. I mean, I I definitely see her like being in a front group and being in a front group that stays away. I don't know if I see her running 10K faster than some of those girls, but absolutely. I think, I mean, this race is still a week and a half away. We can chat about it in another week, but it's, yeah. <laughs> also, Spearing really, pulled really out. Hope she Spearing's come no second. longer on the list, so we won't have her driving <laughs> the chase group oh, she, anymore. She comes second all the time. I can't watch her come second again. I feel so bad. Even the British swimming Charles, who came second, Kona second, second. I feel so bad for her. I just want to see her win some races because she won a lot in her life, but I can't watch her come second again. Well, her and Sebastian Keenley would get along real well. Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about Lisbon? Because Pat was on the money with Nicola Spirig last week. She looked awesome. Lisbon eh? wasn't the Olympics. What do you think? <laughs> but she looked good. Yeah, no, she was, she was she quite good. good. <laughs> Bit alarmingly good, but... I think biggest takeaways from Lisbon that Lisbon race to me looked like a potential WTS in the future fantastic venue um, I've got a bone to pick with all the cones I don't know why they needed to split that beautiful highway in half oh, we, we can't do cones again I'm sorry we won't do cones again I'm just saying there's no reason to split that highway in half it was fine each way they had it closed down anyway what are they doing with all the cones um, but it looked like a, it looked like a WTS race to me uh, potential and you know, was it looked like a really tough race. So I no surprise that Spirig won. She probably got what she needed from it. She's done some hard races, put a 10K on the legs. Um, it's, yeah, it looks like she's coming into shape at the right time. She did the relay the day before too, so put in two little races in the weekend. Not not running on tired legs, running a 357, so... I, I know there was a lot of drama with uh, Tyler Misichuk in Canada. How did that all end up? Yeah, so they ended up putting kind of like a C team in that relay last minute with a little bit of athletes switching around, and they ultimately were lapped out and didn't get their spot. But um, a bit of icing on the cake for them. Emily Kretz had a sixth-place finish, which jumped her quite a few places in Olympic rankings and as she stands now she will qualify an individual spot which would get them a relay because to get a relay automatically you need two women and two men in the um that would yeah qualify individually with that Olympic ranking so they're looking good for that is Joe Joe Brown Joe Brown have one she has one and then they'd have two men's spots at least maybe maybe more and Chelsea, that's why Norway is struggling, is it? Because they don't have the two yeah, women. Yeah, you need, you need four. I mean, you can have three superstars and not have a relay at all. So that's what you saw with Norway, that they just, I mean, even though they would have qualified by a roll down, they need their second woman to be in the top 140 of rankings, and they just don't have that. So they'll have to wait three more years, but should be a good relay for them in Paris. And they're going to get a medal with Blumenfeld the way he won that again, aren't they? He looks pretty supreme yeah again in if Lisbon. he's not rolling a little too hard too early i think he should be good because he's entered this weekend as well in uh this weekend yeah. and next weekend so he'll have so weekend. four weekends four weekends four weekends and five races in a row we'll see how he goes and this weekend i think he's just getting started yeah <laughs> this weekend coming up will be a really good one to watch they've got a pretty serious hill and yeah norwegians and two brownlees so it'll be a fun one the two Brownleys. I like the way you slide that in. Alistair's back on the start line. Rumour has it, though, he's there to work for Tom Bishop. 
to try and improve Tom Bishop's rankings to get GB a third slot. And then he wants to, I guess, stealing that slot straight off uh, Bishop and taking it for himself. So I think that's the that's surely the goal for Brownlee. Jeez, drama, drama. So I, I, one thing I do want to note. It's do, a long shot. Do we know Mario Mola and Javier, have they been named to the team? I don't know. Is that a, is that 100%? I'm not positive because... Javier's racing leads. I do know that, but he hasn't raced a WTS race in not for a while. Not for a while. He raced. Uh, he raced. Was it Rotterdam? Yeah, but but let's yeah. but let's yeah. note here. I want to say that if we could go back, I think in 2016, Mario Mola had a red hot start to the year and ended up 11th at the games. Seems that this year he's been noticeably racing way less. To potentially be fresher for later in the year. So I think, you know, that may be that may be coming from a place of experience and then a place of early qualification for the games. So I'm for the men's side, you know, I've been kind of vocal about what I think about the women, but boy, for the men, I still think you've got to look, I mean, you can't not look at Alistair, but maybe uh, Javier Mario. Might be might be best off. I think I think Blumenfeld's going to be going to the well a little too much right now, and I'm I'm a little bit worried about it. Also, in a in a Tokyo condition race too, I would definitely put some odds on Mola. He's a pretty good in a Tokyo weather. Yeah, he's a small frame, isn't he? It deals with the heat very very well. Um, just to clarify, I did some homework. I was given homework last week. Um, Johnny Brownlee is a confirmed slot, as I thought. So um, it's one more British slot at the moment, which you'd have to assume is Alex Yee. So Alistair has two chances. One, British triathlon make an incredibly bold shout and take him over Alex Yee. Um, and he would, he would presumably need to show something incredible over the next few weeks. And the other sh- shot is a long shot, and that's, that's uh, Tom Bishop jumps up the rankings. They bag a third slot at the Olympics, and then they give that slot to Alistair, as well as the second one to Yee. Just so we, we didn't quite know where the Brits stood, that's that's pretty much their only two options at the moment. So they've only named one slot? Yeah, Johnny Can they Brown. unselect him? Or is that in, in what? In no, stone. he's a confirmed slot. Same as Vicky Holland. What, um, is, uh, what does Bishop have to do for them to get that third slot? He needs to move into the top 40, is it? Or he needs to move up the rank. Chelsea would know better than me. I'm not quite sure exactly the number. But he needs to improve his overall Yeah, it's rank. not a specific number. It kind of depends Yeah, who's in front of you and what countries have spots, but... Well, uh, just to tack on to the rankings, what it, I, I wasn't aware that Team USA had three male slots because I was gonna. I told Patrick earlier in the week that they should just donate one of their male slots to the females. <laughs> should they relay with <laughs> three girls just... and one guy? <laughs> yeah, is, is that, I mean, they would probably do better. Oh wow, that's a hot take. That's a hot. No, take. I think. Oh, I'm just kidding. I really think mean. the USA, you're going to see that they're looking pretty heavy at this Arzacena World Cup for their boys. You, they've got, I don't know, a lot of them are there and they're dialed and they have to, yeah, outperform each other in this this weekend. And I think that will weigh heavily into relay consideration. Well, let, let, let me ask this to Pat, as I know Chelsea probably wouldn't speak on it. Is it better scenario to take someone like Matt McElroy, who's... He podiumed at Leeds, but I would say I don't know if he's in contention for an Olympic medal or to take a domestique like Ben Canute 
if Ben could solidly work on his bike over the next couple months to go help out Morgan Pearson. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't. Again, they can be looking at anything and everything. Right now, there was a ton of weight placed on Yokohama. If I was on the selection or if I was an athlete, I would be begging and pleading to be a domestique for uh, for Morgan. I think what the USA should do, they should bring two domestiques for Morgan because he's, in my mind, the only athlete that the U.S. men have that's metal capable. So I don't care who the athletes are, but they should be saying, look, I will be, I can be a fantastic domestique if I can stop running. So, you know, it's, it's no secret that Ben had a challenging bike leg in Yokohama, but you know what? If the dude gets to take two months off of running, do you know how strong he's going to be on the bike? Are you kidding me? Like he can go back to any group and help tow Morgan across. If you know you, Chelsea, how hard can you go on the bike if you know you don't have to run a 10K afterwards? Yeah, you can go harder. I just want to say, I think the long course world really glorifies. I Ben can be a great guy, but we're glorifying him way too much. The ITU racing is just different than it was a few years ago. So I don't know. I think picking a domestique is really tough. We were chatting over text about how many times this has really been done successfully, especially in an Olympics. And I think we figured out like two instances yeah, ever. So, so, okay. So what I'll but the, agree with you, but what I will defend is that the U S only gets funding off of metal performance, not off of top tens, not off of fourth and fifth. They need a medal and they need to throw everything possible at earning a medal because a bronze medal is worth way more to them than a fourth, fifth, and a seventh. I agree, but also, I mean, the odds of a domestique situation working are pretty low, I think. I mean, maybe not, but I think their odds of getting a relay medal are way higher, and I just don't think Ben is cut out for the relay. I just don't think he runs fast enough, so... Yeah. Well, we'll find out this weekend. We have five U.S. males on the start list ben, for Arzakana. Is, so. ben, is Ben one of them? Yes. Ben is one of them. Who, oh, sorry, okay. Yeah. T- Kyle, I know you have the list. Who else is on the list? Who? What are the other all members? All right, all right. I'll stop holding the No, 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 no. Matt McElroy, Kevin McDowell, Ben Canoe, S- and then two, Seth, uh, two young Seth Ryder and Dar Smith. And, Smith. and I think Seth Ryder is also someone they are considering for a relay spot. So, 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 here's, so here's the biggest problem that the U.S. men are going to run into now. Now they've got no idea what they're looking at or – you know, it's not saying if I win Arzakana, am I going to the Olympics? They don't know, so there's no plan to move forward. That's why somebody needs to put their hand up and say, "I want to help Morgan win a medal." I think Morgan is capable. He's got a fantastic coach. Um, Chelsea, I'm agreeing because with you because a domestic won't hurt. A domestic won't hurt USA because they'll just take that other person to be on the relay team. I just don't think it should be Ben. Yeah, yeah I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna disagree. You think it should be Mark? I don't think it should be Ben either. I think Chelsea's right. I think the short course racing is a different beast now. He's trying to juggle too many different things. I think, look. I think you've got to train with those guys to work well as a domestic. He, 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 as far as I know, he doesn't train with them. He needs, he needs to say, he needs to put his hand up and say, because I'm agreeing with you. He's, he's been stretched a little too thin. He needs to say, I'm going to move to Boulder for two months. I'm going to train next to Morgan. If Morgan's got to go to the bathroom, I'm going to stand next to him. I'm going to, I'm going to be his guy. He's got a kid. I'm going to be, well, he's got, they got, they got to go to Boulder for two months. I mean, guys, this is their, this is the U.S.'s only shot. They got to go all in. Sounds like we need to get USAT on the phone, Pat. 
Yeah, and I got to convince them. I mean, it's it's you guys. If you don't have to run for two months, your bike legs will become monstrous. Like Ben is capable of doing this. So is somebody else. Like if you're Eli, if you're Seth, if you're Dar, all those guys should be putting their hands up and rallying around and saying, forget these other races where I don't even know if winning Arzakana is going to help me. You know what will help me? I'm going to fully commit to Morgan right now. Is, is someone at USAT just going to wake up one morning and say, "Aha, I have the answer"? They're gonna. It's gonna be. I mean, dude, it's a. It's gonna be a nightmare process. That's why. That's why the athletes have to somehow make it easier for them. Because like the men's thing is tip of the iceberg compared to what they have to deal with for the women. All right, let's. I don't envy the committee. To... Sorry, that's all. No, it'd be terrible. It'd be terrible. <laughs> okay, so we kind of hit on Arzakana. Obviously, we have Mario Mola, Christian Blumenfeld, Gustav Eden, Alistair, and Johnny Brownlee. Let's move in the 70.3 challenge. Yes, and Poulton. Challenge There's a good field here, too. There's this over 100, 100 pros racing this Yeah, race. mad. And just in the men's race, you've got Ditlev, Keenlay, Morris Clavel, you've got Pablo Depina, Andy Bush is on the start list, Rudy Wild. It goes on and on, Frederick Funk. It gets a deep, deep male start list. Weirdly, Ditlev's ranked highest at the moment, but I think that's quite heavily skewed by his uh, Poland result way. There was a little bit of a car out front and his bike was impossibly fast. But he's, he's, he's a young, very, very talented athlete. Ditlev is improving his run rapidly. He's almost always first off the bike. You know, he spits the likes of Starkovitz on the bike, which says how just how strong he is. And is his running improving enough to hold them away? It, it, it will do one day, whether it's there or not, I'm not sure. My money's on uh, Pablo Depina finally bagging a win after a bunch of second places. He is an awesome athlete. I know he comes from Chelsea's world into this world a little bit more and uh, he's had a lot of second places I think Pablo's dual win incredibly fit guy and uh, you won't see him on the bike he'll be like a shadow until he appears on the run um, so that's my money on the men's race Kat what do you reckon men's race Kat's still here she's not playing games with us oh, it's too, too close to call oh she's just she can't do it to a teammate she's a diplomat and then in the women's race Anne Howe's dusting off her shoes which will be great to see um, and Imogen Simmons is back fighting fit. She's had some time off for running. She's been training hard. Um, I was about to say looks fit, but that's not what I mean. I mean, she, the training she's been putting together would suggest she's in good shape. Uh, Lisa Norden, who's raced really well. And then you've got Maya Stage Nielsen on there. I'm, I'm leaving the Brits out because Austria's just been put on our red list, which is weird. So the Brits then are having trouble getting home, so they've had to cancel attending, which is a bit of a shame. So you're not going to say Lucy Hall? No, I, I, I don't know if they're going to go or Indy Lee because yeah. they... Um, they, they would have to quarantine for a long, long time if oh. they, they're on the red list now. So it, it would really mess with their seasons. Um, and in the women's race, it's going to be a head-to-head with Imogen Simmons out front, I think. If she has help from Lisa Nord on the bike and they can put a massive gap into Anne Haug, I could see Imo Simmons taking the win here against Haug. It's, it's a really big shout because Haug's going to run a, something ridiculous, like a 115, yeah. 114. Yeah. But on the bike, if you've got if you've got Imo and Lisa pulling turns out front... I'm going to go wild card and say Mo Simmons beats Anna Howe, but I, I imagine I'll get proven wrong. That's this week, I'm not going to say any names, but I'm going to say that there's two big things that will go into this race and who's going to win this race. One being the weather. Yeah. It's going to be 10 degrees Celsius, so 50 degrees Fahrenheit and light rain. Number two, there's a massive hill at 65K on that bike. Yeah. So... It's it's going to be a cyclist race at this point. Imogen climbs really, really well. She lives in the mountains. She, she, she's not a fair weather athlete. 
that's kind of why I'm, I'm, I'm throwing image in here. Mark, do we think, I mean, you know, when I see 10 degrees Celsius and rain, I mean, I'm taking the time to put on gloves and a rain jacket in T1. Like, that's rolling a rise at you off camera. <laughs> Dude, come on. <laughs> so, do you know how uh, cold camera. tan is? Oh my God. Oh, mate, we're English. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. You guys are getting um, <laughs> <laughs> So, there was a race in the UK PTO event, Outlaw uh, X, which had a pretty good women's field, pretty good men's field. And people stopped to put gloves on and arm warmers and hats in transition. And the women and the men that won that race just got straight on the bike and cracked on, heart rate up. Uh, it's not you know, it's not an Ironman length. They just worked really, really hard, got warm. Because you're trying to put wet wet hands in no, gloves, you, you're basically committing to a minute. Know, you know, you're committing know, to a minute. I know, I know. You, if you see someone put gloves on, they ain't going to win that race. Their, their head's not in it. <laughs> you know, you look at Matteo van der Poel racing skin suit all year round. Why? Because he wants to win. Uh, nah, it's not happening. I'm sorry, Pat. I agree with you, everything you've said so far. But All right, you triathletes that are listening, if you're putting on cycling gloves in transition, you're not, you're not doing it. You're not, you're not winning the race, I'm telling you. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. Okay, let's I'm, move into... Okay, yeah, no, no, no. Fair, enough, Mark, fair enough, fair enough. We got one more race. Another oh, race. Jeez, it's the Cam Wharf Invitational. Girona, oh, yeah. long-distance PTO-supported race. Which one? PTO-supported race in Girona. Hey, there's... Oh, Cam Wharf! Yeah, Cam Wharf Invitational. Cam Wharf is returning It's basically Cam Wharf and a bunch of Spaniards going and doing this race, so... There's a large prize purse there, though, so... Uh, I believe it's a $30,000 prize purse, and then the PTO shelled out another twelve k for it, so... The only thing I'm interested Cam, in this race... Cam Wharf doesn't win. Sam Laidlow wins. We need hot there takes. Pat has to go. Get, get to hot takes, because i got to go in two minutes. Yeah, exactly. And Nikki Bartlett wins the women's there. That's it. The only thing I'm interested in Spain Spain race is if Jan will show up and watch the race. Spectate Sam. Okay, hot takes. Hot takes. We had uh, Talbot kind of hit on this already about the USA Olympic slot getting rid of uh, one of the men. Can the males donate a slot to the females? Pass. Next next question. (laughs) All right. Pack riding at Ironman. Bad taste or is it tactical? Can be both. Right. It can be both. Spot sponsors aren't paying if you push the biggest bike watts on an Ironman course and ran 315, 320. Yeah, agreed. It's um, it's the way the racing is right now, and it makes it televisable as well. You know, people like to see it. They like to see an yeah. exciting race. Yeah. I, pat racing is no bad thing. Yeah. It'll, it'll stay with us for a long time. You got to get good at it. Move it to 15 move though. Tw- 20. Yeah. yeah. Move the move. 20. <laughs> Another hot take is who is the best long course coach? Because I would say I really like Philip, and I really like your coach. There is a there is a rivalry there as well. They're regional, you know. They're locals. They know each other. They've coached each other athletes. Bjorn's kind of new onto the scene compared to Philip, who's very well established. And um, I don't think there's any such thing as a best coach. Yeah. There's a best coach for for a certain athlete. Um, yeah, Here, I don't, I don't the, think the big the big Lebowski said it best: strikes and gutters. That's how life is, coaching and being an athlete. Strikes and gutters. <laughs> Chelsea, who's the hottest training squad right now in ITU? I don't know. No squads anymore. COVID. No squads anymore. Norway. No, okay, there is something that I the have. The Norway squad. There is something yeah. that I have a bone to pick, and this would be a Chelsea and Patrick. All right, hey, I gotta go. So, I love you guys, Mark. Thank best. you so much for coming on. Congrats to Cat. Uh, so love you guys. We'll save it for next week. We'll save it for next week. It could be a good, a little hot take. Get us ready right, for a uh, lead. All right, 
Thanks for joining us. Chelsea, we look forward to talking with you next week after all the drama this weekend happening at Arcana. All right, thanks guys, talk to you soon.